Hello and welcome to the Crypto with Cashcast episode number seven. My name is Duncan Morland. I'm your host um, and I'm joined by Kashaya Abassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, you're right. How are you doing? Um, Cash runs the fortnightly uh, newsletter Crypto with Cash and we're here to talk about cryptocurrencies. Um, I'm all right, Cash. How are you doing? Uh, all good. All good. Just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, how's your day been? You said you're doing some DIY. I was doing some DIY, you know, cable management, yeah. um, fixing fixing some stuff around, like emptying drawers, finding things that I've not worn, um, just donating it to charity, really. Selling it for crypto, yeah. <laughs> for crypto. Um, Could do that. I'll be yeah. thankful when it's like when all computer stuff is wireless in the future. That'd be yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, oh, before we get started, I'll just say like if anybody has any topics or questions they want us to cover, they can put them in the YouTube comments below or send us an email. We'll have our con- contact details below. And we do appreciate any likes and scri- uh, subscribes because we're very small, but we're trying to grow. Um, and today we've got three three kind of topics to talk, talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are linked. And the first one is the market, the crypto markets are, are crashing. Uh, especially in the last 24 hours, they've gone down a lot. What do we do, Cash? Do we panic sell everything and, I don't know, go and hide somewhere? It's a very good question. I mean, um, if you've been part of the service for longer, um, for the longer part of what we've been running it for, uh, you would have you know, experienced a few of these crashes by now. Mm. Um, as we have seen so far from our track record, prime time to buy is during these crashes of course it could go lower that's why we don't say go all in we tend to dollar cost average or set buy orders lower down ladder them down so that we can pick up some coins on the cheap because we're here for the long run yeah and you were kind of anticipating last week a a sell-off towards christmas and it's kind of come a bit earlier than yeah maybe like maybe last year um but i think it, it is really important like a lot of people get into crypto expecting it just to go up and it's yeah. like these markets are cyclical and um what's that old saying it's like most people like buy when it's high buy when the price is high and sell when it's low and really you want to be yeah. the opposite but it's so hard to do that because if because the markets are going down and you just sort of panic 100 percent buy yeah i mean the longer you spend uh, in these markets the, the more of a sort of uh you know shield you grow Mm. Uh, you become more accustomed to these sort of crashes and you realize that they are opportunities really uh, to actually buy and actually average down your overall price that way you know if you're investing in fundamentally strong projects if they are strong solid projects which are going to be here for the long run then you should see there's these as opportunities because you basically have this idea that in the future they're going to be much higher so if anything this is a good time to buy you know yeah it's just difficult isn't it i guess that was that's actually one of the questions we had from the communities from uh hell and they were asking yeah basically like would you set a seller or send a seller out for a portfolio coin um that was at a loss um or or would you just keep keep going with it see that's a very good question um i think ultimately what it comes down to is if nothing has changed fundamentally for the project if for example one of the 
biggest developers have not left or for example they've found a fatal flaw in in the coding for example mm. um, then there's no real reason to sell of course price action may have sent prices lower uh, but if nothing has changed fundamentally with the project then these are just short-term fluctuations um, in an overall you know long-term bullish market yeah i think that's really important like to talk about in general for the market like the entire market is probably led by bitcoin is down yeah quite drastically but what what fundamentally has changed uh in sort of like the you know why people invest in bitcoin in the first place the kind of technical technicals or fundamentals of why why it's a you know a technology to invest in yeah exactly and um you know, like I mentioned, the longer you spend in these markets, the more you realize how these, these you know, um, these price crashes, temporary price crashes are actually good for the long term. Mm-hmm. Because if something goes straight up, as we have seen from uh, Bitcoin and the wider crypto market since October 1st, um, everything's been going straight up, essentially. And there haven't been that many, you know, pullbacks or opportunities for traders to take profits. Yeah. And it's good for people to be able to actually take some profits, let the market cool down a bit before the next leg can start up. Of course, yeah. when there are massive crashes like this, it may take a while before things go back to you know normal being um, going up more in a more sustainable way. Um, but like we said, we're not here to uh, trade here at Crypto of Cash. We're here investing for the long term. So yeah, we definitely see these as opportunities and not, not a reason to panic. Yeah. I got I got two little questions off the back of that. I guess one is talking about how to uh, judge where to buy in when the market dips. The other one is just something I noticed during the last crash, which was, which makes me think that it's not over yet for this one. Which is with all the kind of uh, forum talk and Reddit talk and social media talk, it it's it spikes when there's a market crash, but then when there when there's a prolonged market crash the conversation uh just kind of people leave and stop talking and that Mm -hmm. hasn't happened yet like the forums and everything are very active and i remember like mapping it against a bitcoin chart and you could almost like when the price was down yeah like google trends you see google searches go up when the market's going up and then when it crashes a bit everyone just disappears yeah and it's not and people are there talking about it still and i think if 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 there is a prolonged crash like a sign of that is like people get bored and they take their money out and they stop talking about it. And and that's really when you get like a prolonged, I guess, market cycle. I think I've uh, mentioned this before um, in a previous podcast, but I feel like the best way to make money in crypto is to stay when everyone else has left, you know, to get, stay, you know, keep involved in these markets um, because as we know, you know, when, when everyone leaves, that's when prices are as low as um, that, that they can be, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when you can actually pick up tokens on the cheap so that when everyone comes back, you know, chasing the uh, crypto train again, prices are much higher by then, you know. Yeah, I guess that feeds into the other question I was thinking of, which which is how do you gauge uh, where to set those liar, um, sorry, lower buy orders and stuff? Like if the market's dipping and you want to, you know, top up on some more of the portfolio coins or get in on another coin you've been looking at? Yeah, what I've noticed is that Fibonacci um, levels work very well um, and also previous um, resistance zones. So previous resistance zones, if they become support levels um, and there has been like significant trade volume in those previous levels, then usually that would be like a good time 
to buy again. Like, for example, even with the Bitcoin crash today, 42,000 was on a Fibonacci level. Yeah. So that was that marked the bottom and it's literally bounced um, since then. And it's resting at around 48,000 now, which is yet again another Fibonacci level. So mm. um, th- that that technical indicator tends to work quite well. And did you think that's like, I think we might have talked about it before, like maybe it's just because everybody, it's like a self-reinforcing kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, a, in a sense it is because the more people who believe in these sort of things, uh, the more likely they are to trade based off of it. Yeah. And um, the market seems to work well with those because there are a lot of people who already believe that it works. Yeah. So, and even if you don't believe it, then you you do have to respect it in a sense that you know other people are going to be doing it. So it might actually come true. Yeah. Um, just, just to spell it out for people that don't know, like Fibonacci levels are kind of uh, mathematical trading kind of. Technology. Yeah, they show you like they tend to show you support and um, resistance zones, and you know targets that you can use for a, a coin that's trending upwards. For example, they yeah. tend to work quite well in crypto. And so, and then also they yeah, like support and resistance is basically like where prices where the market uh, where price has reached a ceiling for a period, and there's been lots of maybe sellers or whatever, or the, where yeah. the price has seen a lot of support at a level. There's been lots of buyers, so it's harder for the price to fall. We'll go yeah. through those areas in the chart. I think last time the market crashed for Bitcoin, it was like thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, kind of the support, and it, it works in conjunction with a lot of other like factors as well. Of course, that's not the only one. For example, there's this thing in human psychology where you know humans just tend to like round numbers, round numbers which yeah. is why the bottom was thirty thousand and the previous top was around sixty sixty five thousand. Mm. Um, so these sort of factors play into it as well. Yeah, it's easier to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, just to like just to sum up what you know, like I guess the guidelines and stuff we're talking about for members in this, because if the markets are going to be down for, well, we don't know really, but if they're down for a few weeks, like what's your kind of basic message just to sum up? Well, what we're doing at Crypto of Cash is we've set buy orders from our previous, you know, in the in the write ups, we've already set some buy orders. Some of them have been filled. There are some that it hasn't, um, the price hasn't reached yet. So we'll be looking at those closely to see uh, where the market's moving. Of course, again, we're not here to make um, quick trades. We're here to invest in the long term because we fun- believe fundamentally these projects are undervalued at the moment. And in the future, they'll be much higher, as will, for example, the biggest coins, the majors like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, Bitcoin tends to move the whole market. So if Bitcoin goes up, then altcoins go up. If Bitcoin goes goes down, you know, it yeah. drags the rest <laughs> of the market down with it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be here for a while. See, see, see how the market develops. Uh, but nothing has changed fundamentally. Yeah. And if people aren't using those lower buy orders and they're just keeping it simple and they they bought in below the buy up to level, it's just a hold tight, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the new coin that uh, you're doing a write write up for this week will presumably be at a nice low price for people to yeah, pay. yeah, and it will include lower buy orders even yet. It should the market you know continue. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the next question we have uh, is a bit different, and it's from Elliot. Uh, in the community and he asks i'd love to hear more about passive income with cryptos staking farming lending etc i'm also keen to hear more about using polygon and decentralized exchanges so maybe we can have a chat about that 
I think we we kind of talked about the, about it a little bit. Um, yeah. So essentially, you can earn passive income through crypto by staking your coins. Essentially, by staking your coins, you will earn a certain percentage of the revenue that is generated on that protocol. So, for example, if uh, if, if a protocol serves as a decentralized exchange that takes a certain fee from every trade made on it, uh, by owning those coins and staking them, you earn a certain percentage of all the revenue that's generated. So, if you believe in the project and you believe it's going to go much higher, then you could hope, you know, buy tokens for that project and stake them to earn an extra amount on top of what you own already. Um, the alternative ways of, um, you know, earning passive income through crypto, they could perhaps be, you know, the thing is they, they, it comes with risk as well. If you are staking, then sometimes your coins are locked away for maybe 5, 10, 15, 20, or even longer, a number of days, mm. which means that if the market was to crash like it has today, if you were one of those people who wants to sell to get out, then you wouldn't be able to because your coins are staked. Yeah, You'd still be earning revenue, um, a certain percentage through this time, but you're just unable to sell your tokens because they're locked away. Yeah. So, yeah, like you would only want to lock away tokens that you, you're happy, comfortable holding for the long term. But you can also do it on stable coins. You can make sort of a yield on stable coins. Yeah. And I'd say in the, in the you've got platforms like Nexo and Crypto.com and even Binance and stuff. They offer a yield on on your uh, stable coins and cryptocurrencies. I'd say the cap there is probably about you're not going to get higher than 10 percent, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, uh, the thing is, there are platforms that offer higher um, interest rates, but they're obviously much more riskier. Um, so if you were to stick to the major platforms like Binance, for example, or the one you mentioned next to then, as you said, they will be capped at around 8 to 10%. Yeah, and then that kind of moves nicely into talking about the... De de so that's the kind of centralized space because you've got companies that you're trusting, basically. Yeah. You're trusting crypto.com. Uh, when you deposit money with them uh, and on the other side of the thing you've got sort of uh decentralized protocols like ave curve uh yearn all these different kind of mm -hmm. um places you can lend money to other people or put your crypto into a pool um so other people can trade you know trade back and forth and you're you're, you're essentially like mini bank you're, you're that's, that's you're, exactly you're, it yeah, i was going like, to say that yeah that role that would traditionally be done by a bank but there's thousands of people or you know hundreds of thousands of people doing it together and of course again there are risks uh, involved as well so if, for example there was actually a hack i think a day or two ago called badger um, right. so over 120 million dollars were lost because all the yeah. people who had staked their bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies into the pool uh, there was actually a hack which led to some people using losing millions of dollars so of course you can earn a certain percentage on top of what you own already but the risks are that it could be hacked you could lose access to your funds um you know there there are risks involved we can't just say you know it's it's, a, it's a, there is no such thing as a free lunch and that sort of thing i think like yeah because i'm i'm planning on doing more of this stuff like mm -hmm. uh, in the new year kind of writing more about it for people and I think really you have to take an approach like you take to picking cryptocurrency, uh, picking cryptocurrencies that you mm -hmm. think are going to go up. You're not in this in the decentralized space. If you're trying to earn a passive income and yield, 
you're not necessarily trying to predict whether something's going to go up, but you are trying to anticipate whether something's safe enough to yeah. put your money into for a, a period of time. So you would look at the same kind of things as you do. Yes. Like your eight factor strategy with you look at the team, you look at the with, on this side, maybe you can look at audits that have been done on the code. and Exactly like that. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not sort of. But then the, I guess the benefit is you can get much higher yields. That's the reason you would do it. Then, you know, yeah, much higher yield than you would get from a bank, for example. Yeah, way higher. Um, and also like some exciting, like we talked about it last week, like novel, novel kind of uh, decentralized protocols that make money in different ways that can be like super confusing. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, I want, yeah, maybe like, are there any sort of... Um, decentralized yield-based uh apps that you've tried that like you think are memorable the thing is with 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 some of the coins actually in our portfolio you are able to do that so for yeah. example i will name one pancake it's a decentralized exchange built on top of the binance smart chain yeah um, it essentially serves as a gateway through um to allow users to buy all these sort of meme coins that pop up Every we see advertised sometimes even on YouTube, for example, a lot of these <laughs> yeah. are based on the Ethereum smart chain because it is much cheaper to use than Ethereum is, and um, you can actually stake your pancake coins, and it auto compounds, so you could earn a significant amount over a long term. But of course, if the tokens lose value, then the USD value of your holding also goes down. But um, you could earn more cake, uh, which is a token name through that process um so it is something you can do yeah i saw i saw an interesting project the other day i think it's called uh pylon and it's on mm-hmm. like the terra or luna network i'm not sure mm-hmm. what that's called um but it's basically like you you it's like investing in a crypto project mm-hmm. in a, almost like a startup crypto um project but instead of <clears throat> you you it kind of like drip feeds your um your investment to this company over time so it's, you're not kind of risking um investing in like a, if you're investing into a tech startup you might mm-hmm. give them like i don't know have a much money and then it's whether they fail or succeed you know like you you either make a lot of money or you lose yeah. all of it. this is like it drip feeds there's the the protocol the technology like drip feeds this company money over time um and it kind of I guess the idea is like your money is secure in the pro- in the protocol, and the yield is going to this this startup, or whatever. Interesting. And they're using that to grow. So your your initial your initial capital is essentially secure. You're not getting the yield that's going to the company. But in yeah. the future, I guess if the company is making lots of money, you get some kind of like um, larger thing. But it's it's like create. I don't know. Just sort of ways that these projects are trying to like take what you were doing traditional finance and then yeah essentially yeah but yeah but it can be confusing like i was trying to explain that and as i was doing i was thinking i don't understand this totally but some of these protocols are very complicated and you do need to you know read it a number of times to better understand that and even then so it is it is perfectly normal for you know for some of these protocols to still be confusing after the Fourth, third or fourth time you've read it you yeah. know some of the there are some very intelligent you know talented people working on these and 
it is going to be difficult to understand. So it can be, I understand how it can be overwhelming for, for example, for newcomers, seeing all of these and being like, okay, so what do I do now? There's so many, I'm hearing all these people making money. They, they've done this, they've done, they've done that, you know. Um, yeah, but I think you need to take like a, you need to approach crypto with an open mind. Um, you need to be careful. Of course, there are many scams out there where people try to take advantage of people who don't understand what they are essentially doing. But and you, sh you shouldn't just invest based on hype. You know, you need yeah. to have like a principled um, and a fundamental approach to these cryptos. That way, you can mitigate your risks and maximize your your profits. Essentially, yeah, I think that is it's hard to it's hard to do that. Like just reading about a lot of the decentralized finance stuff. I feel overwhelmed and like, like you constantly feel like you're missing out. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. But like, definitely, if you're just investing based on those feelings, you're, you're going to lose money in the mm -hmm. end. Even if you make money on one thing, you're probably going to lose money on something else because you're, yeah. you're not doing those, you know, you're not going through the strategy like you do with. And it's important to remember because it stays like this, for example, where the market's down around 15, 20% are why we take our initial capital. You know, people say, Oh, we should, you should just leave all of it on the table. That way you can earn more if it continues going up. But it stays like these where we take some money off the table, you know, take some money. Maybe you can reinvest that money in another project or reinvest in another coin. Um, but so that you way. Mean, you mean when you, when you send out a seller after? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly that. So, for example, when a project more than doubles in value, we can take our initial investment and then leave the rest in risk free. Yeah, uh, and it stays like these. Why we do that, you know? I guess yeah, it's like a big psychological boost of like yeah, you've, you've taken your initial capital out. Yeah. Um, okay, and maybe just like just to finish, just a quick one on because um, Elliot almost also mentioned Polygon, which we kind of talking about. That's a it's one of the decentralized uh, side chains of Ethereum, and it has very low fees. Um. I guess we kind of talked about this in a previous episode, but I guess my question is sort of, could you just give a quick overview of 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 the of that space? I guess like the different side chain, the different kind of options, because there's a lot of them. So it's like again, it's like where do you start with that? Yeah. So essentially, Polygon um, allows you to make transactions uh, for a lot cheaper than you can do on Ethereum, for example. Uh, what you can do is you can set it up using a MetaMask wallet, which you would with Ethereum, for example. And withdrawal fees from Binance, for example, is a lot lower than, you know, withdrawal fees for Ethereum-based projects. So you can even buy NFTs, for example, using Polygon as the payment method, and fees will be much lower. For example, if you want to buy an NFT on OpenSea at the moment on Ethereum, uh, the fees alone would be over a hundred dollars, whereas with Polygon it can be maybe ten cents, twenty cents. Um, it Polygon essentially allows you to do many of the things that Ethereum allows you to, do, but for cheaper and faster. Yeah. Um, it's essentially seen as a scaling solution for Ethereum. Um, so in that sense, there's a lot of potential in it, especially as Ethereum we're realizing is difficult to scale at the moment. There's just so much at stake. It's going to take a while for them to come up with a solution that works. You know, so that's why they're taking the time to make sure they do it properly. Yeah. And I guess there's lots of so there's Polygon and there's other uh, chains like this and you can move money quite easily between them. Mm -hmm. uh, the difficult thing is, or the more 
tricky thing is getting money into the decentralized space. It's easy, well, relatively easy to set up a, you know, an account with Binance and move money into there, you know, British pounds to crypto and Binance. The easiest way I've found of like getting money into the decentralized space is like on ramp kind of. uh, Yeah. There's a company called Ramp and there's also another one called uh, Transact and there's a few Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. It basically allows you to uh, pay for crypto with with British pounds or other other you know yeah. fiat currencies, and then it will go straight to a crypto wallet. It means you have to set up the MetaMask wallet first, or whatever. Yeah, but it does mean you can kind of skip uh, this this the exchanges. Uh, yeah. you still need to do like KYC with a passport and everything. But yeah, naturally. Um, what I was going to say, there are more of these on ramp you know solutions being developed, um, especially ones for Solana, for example. Right. And these will be rolling out in the next few months or so, which will make it a lot easier because, you know, as you said, you'd have to create an account with uh, a centralized exchange such as Binance, Coinbase, FTX, and then withdraw it to uh, your own private wallet where you can then use to um, interact with these protocols. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, you can actually use Transact and there are more solutions coming where it allows you essentially to just skip all the other steps and just go straight into um, having coins on your own personal wallet yeah and straight onto polygon as well or like rather exactly. than to go because when i moved some money onto polygon polygon before i went it was on ethereum and i had to pay yep. like a fee to get it onto polygon yeah but with this way it's just like straight onto polygon and maybe the fees are slightly higher than exchanges i'm not sure but if there's more of these on-ramp uh companies coming out yeah then they're going to be competing yeah hopefully the fees will come down yeah but yeah and maybe we could we probably have to, it's quite a big topic so we're probably come back to that in the future but the thing um, is what i was going to mention is a lot of these um ethereum scaling solutions they are supported with using the ethereum wallet uh, sorry the metamask wallet um so if you set up one metamask wallet you can then add all these other protocols such as avalanche um binance smart chain polygon onto those so yeah would you say metamask is the kind of best uh general DeFi wallet at the moment or at the moment yes um for for ethereum related projects metamask would be the one um for solana i primarily use phantom wallet and of course um you know it's worth reminding that if you are going to be searching for metamask on google or phantom on google make sure you click on official links because i've seen you know phishing scams where people have paid to paid you know for google ads to place their phishing websites right at the top so if you're not unaware then you click on those and um you know it can compromise your computer so one way i work around that is by using twitter so i search mm-hmm. phantom and then i find the verified account and i click on the link on their bio uh, same for metamask and any other wallet out there yeah that's definitely worth doing because yeah there's there's too many scammers out there <laughs> way way too many yeah um okay i think that probably covers all of our topics today um thank you very much for your time cash thanks for having me and all as always uh and any again any questions people have or topics they want us to cover just stick comment in below youtube or contact us with the details below or next to the podcast somewhere <laughs> um and thank you very much to everyone that's listened and we'll see you again next week like comment and subscribe oh yeah and like comment <laughs> and subscribe thank you <laughs> thank you